series three weeks ago, um, uh, Faith in Action. And uh, let me just talk about this for a minute and uh, bring you up to speed as to where we are. You know, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. I love Southern Baptist people. Thank God they believe in the new birth, right? And uh, my parents took me three times a week. But you know, I don't even remember a sermon that talked about my personal faith and what it will do for me. All the almost 18 years that I attended church my entire life, I thought faith was just for salvation. Once you're saved and that's it. And then, and then beyond that, you know, you just trust God, as, trust God as you go through life and things happen and this and that happens. I found out that faith is to be, we're to walk by faith, we're to live by faith every single day. How many hear what I'm saying? And, uh, and so what I'm doing in this series, uh, in fact, I, you know, when I came to the Lord, I knew nothing about faith. I knew nothing about believing God. I wasn't an optimist. I was a pessimist. You know, I saw the cup half full and, you know, I wondered how life would go with me. I had a lot of questions, concerns, fears, phobias about various things. And when I got into the Word of God as an 18-year-old, life began to change for me. And I found out that God and His Word are one. How many hear what I'm saying? How many hear what I'm saying? God honors His Word. I found out the Holy Spirit is interwoven into the Word of God. And when you get the Word of God into your life, you're giving the Holy Spirit something to work with. And I found out when you really trust God and believe what His Word says about your life, and you say what His Word says, regardless of whether circumstances agree, life begins to change. How many hear me? So we're talking about that in this series. And starting the series a little bit differently than I normally do, uh, I just wanted to talk about the reason that we have problems, the reason we need to trust God, the reason we need to believe God. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3, 1, 2, and 3. God created us in his image, in enabling us to fellowship with him, uh, and, and he would come down and fellowship with Adam. And even then, when Adam and Eve sinned, I mentioned this last week, two things happened. Number one, they broke fellowship with God. But secondly, the second thing that happened is something that's an ongoing experience for all of us, and we have to deal with it. God gave uh, Adam, and I mentioned this the last two weeks, uh, a time-limited authority on the earth under his all-overarching authority to oversee this earth. And when Adam and Eve sinned, and they obeyed God's arch-enemy, Satan, and did what, um, what God told them not to do... Uh, they broke fellowship with God and gave that authority over to God's archenemy, Satan. He became the God of this age. I mentioned this again last week. Jesus called him the prince of this world. Paul called him the God of this age. Ephesians 6, principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. They are here and it's an atmosphere that we live in that is darkened by sin, darkened by uh, the demonic control, as it were, is not a real popular subject to talk about, but it's something that we experience every day, yes or no? And the good news is, Jesus has made a way for us to walk free from all of that. When Jesus was raised from the dead, and this is what we talked about last week, he said, all authority is given to me, both in heaven and in earth. And he said that as the representative new creation man. Jesus came up out of hell after he had paid the price for our sins. The Holy Spirit came on him. And as the representative man, he had God's hand, he had our hand, and he pulls us together. 
He's the mediator between us and God. And as the representative man, he said, all authority is given unto me. He had authority before the cross, but he gained authority back from Satan after the cross and gave it to the church. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Is that exciting to you? So we go through life now, we don't, have to be, we, don't have to, we don't have to be under the control, under the tutelage. We don't have to be a slave of the enemy of darkness and of all of the canopy of darkness, the demonic forces that are around this world. Thank God we can take dominion and authority over them and we can live out from under their control. Is that good news? Now, a lot of people don't know what I'm just saying. In fact, uh, I'm doing the angle. And so today I want to talk about four uh, reasons that we have problems in life and why we need to overcome them by faith. A lot of people uh, have this idea that all problems, all of life comes through God's hands. And so everything that touches your life had to come through God first to get to you. So everything that happens must be the will of God. I need to be quiet a minute and let you think. A lot of people think that way. I thought that way as a child, as a kid. I thought, well, whatever happens, it must be God's will. Because, you know, I heard the people at church praying, Lord, if it be your will, heal so-and-so. Lord, if it be your will, meet the need. If it be your will. What does that tell you? Me as a little boy, I'm thinking, okay, if you're praying, if it be your will, that I be healed. Well, what if it's not his will? So is it his will or is it not his will? So the will of God, you know, was subjective. You never know what's the will of God. When I found out God's word is his will. God's love is his will. God's provision is his will. How many hear what I'm saying? Life began to change for me in a very, very positive way. And, and so the truth is, all problems don't go through the hands of God. How many know God's given us responsibility to deal with what life brings us? In fact, he said to his Old Testament people, Deuteronomy 30, choose you this day whom you'll serve, life, death, blessing, cursing. He said, I want you to choose life that you and your seed may live. How many know a lot of life has to do with the choices that we make and what we decide to do, yes or no? I mean, Jesus has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in him in Ephesians chapter 1, right? Right? All things that pertain to life and godliness has already been provided for us in Christ. Is that good news? But we've got to take advantage of what God has already provided for us. So this idea that, you know, everything that comes into life, I mean, you don't, a lot of believers, there's 2 billion believers worldwide, I would, I would venture to say maybe a, a lot, maybe, maybe a, half the believer, maybe more, believe that, that everything that comes in life comes from the hand of God. Y'all, I don't believe that. If you believe that, you're going to have some real challenges as to, as to trusting God, as to believing his word, and as to coming through problems and challenges and difficulties. No, the Bible, in fact, the New Testament emphasis is we're in a battle, we're in a war, we're soldiers, we need to be ready, we need to be prepared, we need to discipline ourselves, we need to be ready, we need to look constantly at our commanding officer, and we need to stand our ground on God's word, right? Well, that's a whole lot different than just saying que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, right? So a lot, and so because of that, I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about four reasons today that problems come. I'm real practical with life and just practical with how God deals with me. 
and I don't want to talk to you from that vantage point. Here's the skinny, regardless of where the problems come from, God has always promised to see us through regardless of what comes in life. Regardless of the challenge, regardless of the problem, regardless of the difficulty, God's always promised that we'll go through whatever life brings us. How many hear me? On the other side of this, when yeah, God does deliver us from tests, trials, challenges that come in life. How many know the other side of this, and I preach this other side too, regardless of what you go through, through God will use that as a character development in your own life and when you go through hard things difficult things you know the dross rises to the surface the impurities rise up in your life and uh, you know the things that don't need to be there rise up and gives God an opportunity to say can we talk can we talk about this can we talk about that because that's what pressure does right But as you're going through the pressure, just always be aware that God's promised to deliver us out of every challenge, every difficulty. As I go through this, just listen. John 16, 33, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world. You'll have tribulation, hard times. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. What was he saying? You're going to have a tough time, but I'm right there with you. I'm going to see you through. Is that good news? I mentioned this constantly, Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died. And furthermore is risen, who's even at the right hand of God and also makes intercession for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? And then he mentions all these challenges. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, as it's written, for your sake we're killed all day long, we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. We don't just conquer, we more than conquer. More than conquer just may include you get back the spoils that the enemy tried to take from you, the goods, the things. How, how many hear me? We don't just win, we more than win. Is that good news? Through him that loved us and gave himself for a second Corinthians 4. We have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Then he says, we're pressed on every side by troubles. Anybody ever felt that way? But we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. You ever felt perplexed? Like, what's going on here? Why did this happen? Well, the enemy's trying to mess with you. He said, uh, we're perplexed, not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we never get knocked out. Is that awesome? What does that tell you? You're going through challenges, hardships, difficulties. We can rise to the surface because greater is he that's in us, right? This Psalm 34, 19, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. So if you're having trouble, there's one of two reasons. Because you're in the will of God, because you're out of the will of God. The problems come, challenges come. We live in a fallen world. They just come. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And that's referring to the seasons of the year, winter, spring, summer, fall. You know, we live in an environment where the seasons change by day now almost, right? 
God doesn't change that way. Aren't you glad he's always the same? Yesterday, today, forever. So, you know, when I go through a problem, I think that uh, one of my pastors years ago back in the 80s said, when you go through a problem, just remember that God had the answer and solution before the problem ever came. Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundations of the earth. And if he is, then, you know, before the problems ever came about, before it ever crept up, God had the solution. If you look to him, he'll make a way for you in life. How many think that's good news? So four main reasons problems come in life and why we must exercise faith to overcome them. I want to talk about that today. Just four real simple, real quick. Number one, the first reason that problems come is because of the sin nature and personal mistakes. You can fill in the blanks there. How many know the heart of man is wicked? The heart of man is corrupt. And people don't always treat you the way you think you deserve to be treated. How many, how many have experienced that in life a few times? And then we also uh, make personal mistakes. Well, so why do problems come? Problems sometimes come through other people's hands. A lot of people get angry with God, see, and they blame God for problems when God's the solution, not the origin of your problems. How many hear me? Don't forget that this was a pristine environment before, uh, before Adam and Eve sinned. And God created the earth to be an environment that was conducive to life and longevity. How many know that according to the Bible, when God first created us, he, he created us to live eternally in these bodies without ever having sickness, disease, lack, or death? Yes or no? And it's just because of the introduction of sin that these things have come. Well, well, God hasn't changed his mind about us. He originally created us to have fellowship with him. He hasn't changed his mind. He loves us just the same. But something got in the way. The darkness came because of Adam and Eve's sin. And the enemy, Satan, uh, who fell from heaven, was, was allowed to be here. And he's got a legitimate right to be here. He has the authority that Adam had before he sinned. And, he, and God just can't dispossess him of that until the second coming of Christ. God has to do it the right way. God can't, can't use his almightiness in an illegitimate way or he wouldn't be God. And somebody would have the right to challenge his justice. God lives by the laws that he created to govern the universe by. And God's fair to us and God's also fair to his enemies, and he has to be fair to himself. How many know he's God? He's got to do it right. So, so you know, we live in this darkened, darkened world, and, you know, God's original plan was that we just enjoy life. Well, when sin came in, the human heart was corrupted, and a lot of our problems, a lot of problems have to do with how people treat you or don't treat you, and people saying and doing and acting the wrong ways, and some people think, you ever had a problem saying, God, why did you let that person do that to me? He didn't let them. Well, he did let them, but they did it because they wanted to. God can't change a human will. A lot of people get upset with God when bad things happen and they've been doing the right things. You ever been doing the right thing and people treat you wrong and you can't figure out why in the world? Instead of blaming God, how about devil? How about the sin nature? How about the self-centeredness of the, of, the, of the fallen human heart? That's a big reason for a lot of the problems. People can be mean, unfair, cruel. How many have experienced those things? If you've lived any length of time, you've experienced sometimes a lot of this kind of stuff. Without salvation, people can be really mean and really hostile to God. 
and self-centered and selfish. And sometimes if you get in the way, you bear the brunt of their anger. You bear the brunt of, of, of what they want to do that's so, so negative. You know, David sinned against God. You remember this story in 2 Samuel. He sinned against God and did what God told him not to do. And when he did that, <clears throat> the prophet came to him and said, David, you did something really bad. You, you numbered Israel. You were trusting your flesh, not God. Now, God says something's going to happen here. So you've got two choices. You either, you either, either let God you know, place you in the hands of your enemy or, or you let God deal with you. And God will deal with you the way that he needs to. And David said to the prophet Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord. For his mercies are great, but do not let me fall into the hand of man. Oh, boy. How many have had some cruel things happen to you because of other people? And listen, you may be here and you may be an innocent victim of trauma. You may be an innocent victim of varying kinds of abuse, hurts, pains. Maybe it was care providers. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe, maybe it was an unknown person or somebody in your family. And, and back in your mind, you're thinking, why didn't God keep that from happening? Did you know if God could keep bad, th- bad people from doing bad things, he would. If he could keep them from it and he didn't keep them from it, then he's not very good. Boy, everybody's quiet. Is that true? But why doesn't he keep them from it? God holds, holds very carefully the will that he gave us and he won't violate a human will. It is so sacred to him. In fact, God gave us the ability to think for ourselves and make decisions of our own accord. You know why I think he did? I think he did it because he wanted us to love him because we want to, not because we have to. I mean, you know, I'll come unglued when I tell you this. My, my children, when they came to me, pulled on my leg and said, Daddy, I love you. When my grandkids look at me now, <laughs> And I don't make them smile. I don't make them come and want to hug me. They just do it because they want to. And that's really cool. Think about God. He wants you to love him, but he won't force you to love him. He wants you to walk with him, but he won't force you to walk with him. Yes or no? He'll let you do what you want to do. Because he loves you. And he's not going to make you his slave. Satan will make you his slave. He'll make you a taskmaster. He'll make you... Make himself your taskmaster. You know what he'll do? He'll say, you got to do this. You better do that. Or he'll put the onus on you and make you feel awful. And that's the enemy. How many know that needs to be resisted? But if you've got in your mind that something's happened to you in life, look, with the crowd this size, listen, there's bound to be many things in this room that have happened to people. And you're upset with God. I've had people all through my ministry experience years. Why did God let this happen? Well, he couldn't keep it from it. Why did God let me be abused? Why did that car accident happen? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did that disease come? It wasn't the will of God. And if, it, if it's people that have hurt you, God it couldn't keep them from it because they wanted to do it. Now what God can do, if he's got praying people in a family or praying people that know you, he can pray, have them pray and somehow whatever they're trying to do can be thwarted. But sometimes that doesn't even work because the people that God's wanting to pray don't pray. How many hear that? It's challenging, isn't it? It's tough to talk about this. It gets really quiet in this Baptist church. I'm kidding. 
It gets really quiet when you talk about this, seriously. But you've got to bring it out in the open. God's not the author of our problem. He's the solution. A lot of our problems come through the hand of man. You know, uh, six years ago, I, all these dates. Did you, you know six years ago today, we were in the other building and I made an announcement that we entered into contract to buy this property? Six years ago, February 3rd, 2013. Well, May 2013, they were doing the appraisal on our old property and on this property. And here's a story about the, the foolishness of man's ways. So, so the very person that was picked to do the appraisal, the first thing this person said to the guy overseeing our project was, I don't like churches, and we're going to use a foreclosed property as your baseline value. When he told me that, everything inside of me, let me go find that person. I'll straighten, I'll straighten them out. That was mean. I think it was wrong. And I said, God, that's a rat. That person's a rascal. How could they do that to us? Well, they had their reasons. They got hurt in church, and they wanted to let us know. Well, you know what? God still worked it out. Now, I had to exercise faith because of that. Did that bother me? You have no idea how much. I'm up here smiling, preaching in silence, saying, okay, Father, you better come through on this one. It looks, looks bad. How many hear me? Well, that was because somebody did something, huh? Right? People do cruel things. You know, and then sometimes things happen because we make personal mistakes. How many hear me? So again, I got all these dates. I'm had January 11th, 2013 was a Friday. I was getting ready to go on a missions trip to Ethiopia. And you know the story, I cycle for exercise and I was on the Noose River Trail six and a half miles from my house. And uh, it had, it, the, the road was wet, the new bridge was wet. I took a 90 degree turn and I was going a little bit too fast. And when I did my front tire slip, I broke my left arm right up under the shoulder. Just right here, humorous. This is one of the biggest bones in your body. Broke it. I heard it snap. Oh, it hurt so bad. I just can't, my arm was numb. And when you break a bone, you have, how many know bone marrow? It bled out, it turned black. It was terrible. I didn't say, God, why did you break my arm? I broke, I caused my arm to break. Huh? I kept saying, you know, if I hadn't been going, because I just looked at my speedometer thinking, up oh, a little bit fast, and I tried to slow down. When I slide, tried to slow down, I was already at the turn. I made an error. How many have ever made an error and it cost you? Well, don't blame God. I can't even blame the devil on that. I did it. But how many know, regardless of what comes in life, God works all things together for good? Did you know that because I broke my arm, because I broke, God didn't break my arm. I made an error and my arm broke. But because it was broken, I couldn't go on my missions trip. And because I couldn't go on my missions trip to Africa, did you know I was in my office Tuesday, January 15th, 2013, got a call about this property? And went, came to see this property that day. And did you know the government wanted to buy this property? Begging the owner. The government said, we'll pay you cash. We'll pay you more than it's valued. We want this property. And the owner said, uh, no. And the government, every day, several times a week, we want the property. We want the property. But because I was here, I got a call. And we said, we want the property. The board said, we want the property. And we entered into contract February 1st. Isn't that something? Yeah. 
So God didn't break my arm, but he used it. Had I been in Africa, this would have probably been sold to the government. When we entered into contract, they have another uh, contract called second right of refusal. If we couldn't raise the funds for this property, they would have gotten it automatically. So, you know, when I, I said, well, I made an error breaking my arm, but God uses, he'll turn everything around for good if you will trust him. So what are you messing with today? What are you dealing with in your life today? Don't bellyache because you made a mistake. Don't bellyache because somebody doesn't like you and they have a vendetta against you. Trust God in the middle of it. See, that's where faith comes in. How many hear me? But don't blame the very person that wants to help you out. He's not my problem. He's my solution. Why did that happen to me? Shut up. Don't do it. How many hear me? Number two, second reason for problems is the curse. There's a curse on this earth because of, the, of man's fall. How many know this was a pristine environment? In fact, scientists believe that those that are Christian believe that, that the earth was like a hyperbaric chamber. The, the, the uh, uh, oxygen saturation was much greater. Even today, you know, they put people in chambers, oxygen saturated chambers for certain medical conditions because in that oxygen saturated environment, you heal more quickly, right? Those that are in the medical profession know what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you have experienced going in a hyperbaric chamber. Well, they say that's what the earth was like. And uh, it, it was crea- this earth was created to spawn life and keep life going infinitum for eternity. And, you know, those that are in the know uh, say anywhere from 7 to 11, every 7 to 11 years, every cell of your body except your brain cells and the cells in your central nervous system are re- place so I'm not the same person you saw seven to eleven years ago it's a brand new me in cellularly right and you too right right why did God do that because he created us to live on earth for eternity why don't we well when sin was introduced a curse came when sin was introduced Satan became God of this age he has a legal right to be here and he came and with him came all of the mess that we find on earth today. It comes with a curse. Uh, God said to Adam, because you've heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. This is Genesis 3. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all of your life. Both thorns and thistles it will bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field and the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. The introduction of a curse. Now this curse, because of the curse, microbes, viruses, invisible things that invade the human body and create all kinds of physical ailments and problems, and the introduction of death. Scientists still don't know why we age. So I don't care how healthy you are, and whatever creams you smear in on yourself to not get wrinkled up, friends... You keep living, your hair's going to turn gray or fall out. You're going to wrinkle and sag and bag. I don't care how much you work out and do calisthenics. I'm sorry, it's just going to happen. Right? Now, I'm resisting it all I can, but it's coming. Because it's here, and there's a curse here. And you just have to be aware of that. So, you know, a lot of problems are to do with the sin-cursed world. We live in a fallen world. With industrialization, we have, uh, 
We've, we've upped the ante with the curse. We've changed the original form of, uh, of many things that were certain ways when God created them. We've polluted the environment. And, and we've just caused a whole host of things that affect us physically, that affect us mentally, they affect us emotionally. See, it's in the environment. And then the complexities and stress of modern life exaster, exacerbate or stretch. You know, the common problems because of the curse. Life has become complex. It's become chaotic, and we suffer the effects of that. And, and that's not, that's just the fact that we live in a fallen world. So, you know, when I think about problems, there's a whole reason, that, a whole bunch of reasons that problems come. But in the middle of all that, we can trust God. How many hear me? And so, you know, you've got genetic malformations and things that get into the DNA of families that started successive generations earlier. We have to deal with those, all those kinds of things. And if you've got those kinds of things in your life and somebody's given you a little DNA, DNA test and it said, well, looks like you're really susceptible to get this. You need, you need to throw that thing in the trash can because you got faith in the wrong thing. Now listen to this, Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. How many know Jesus breaks the curse? There's a curse on this earth, and that curse will try to eat your life up. But you know what? Regardless of what happened to your mama, your grandmama, your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-grandparents, your ancestry, eons before you, guess what? When it comes to your life, you can put a big no sign up in the spirit realm and say, Not to me, not now, and not ever. How many hear me? You've got, you've got to resist. A lot of people hear bad news and say, oh, what are we going to do? Well, you trust God. Instead of looking at all the reports and all of the things that people say, how many of those things are constantly subject to change? But God's word is never changing. He watches over his word to make it good. Look to God's word. Whose report will you believe? I make a choice to believe his, not anything else. You've got to do that with your life. How many hear me? For if by one man's offense, Romans 5, 17, man's um, death reigned through the one, much more those that receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. We're not to be trampled on. Jesus called us to rule and reign in our domain, in our realm, in our life. A lot of people offer no resistance when pro problems come. Well, what am I going to do? Well, believe God. Trust God. Get his word out. Read your Bible out loud. Say what God says about your life. Let the Lord and the devil and all the demons of hell know, I am redeemed from the curse of the broken law. That might have happened to mama, grandmama, great-grandmama, uncle, aunt, cousin, nephew, but it ain't coming near me in Jesus' name. You say, well, that just sounds like a lot of pride. No, that's knowing who you are in Christ and not letting the devil run over, your, run over your backside. How many hear me? Number three, third reason for demonic intrusion in life. Number three is demonic intrusion. Gave it away. Into your life. There is demonic intrusion. The principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness and high places. How many know that demon spirits are real? Now we're seeing more. Let me just say this. We're seeing more demonic activity now in America than we ever have. You know why? We, have, we are no longer as a nation as a whole embracing our Judeo-Christian heritage. Yes. 
That is called light. In the presence of light, darkness has to run. How many hear me? So let me tell you how this works. You come to Jesus and you were walking in darkness and you had all kind of fears, phobias, problems, you know, excesses in your life, addictions. And you say, well, man, I'm such a mess. You just come and sit under the preaching of the word of God and get the word inside. You know what happens? Little bit by little bit, that stuff starts leaving. How many hear me? And, and if it's demonically enforced, demonically induced, guess what? If you'll just get the word in you and keep saying what God says about you, keep believing what God says, even though you have the symptoms, eventually they just fade, fade into oblivion. Because where light is, darkness can't stay. How many hear me? You say, well, Pastor, I'm struggling. Well, just keep struggling and just keep doing what you know to do. Because when you do that, you're getting freer and freer and freer. And sometimes you don't even realize you're getting freer. And one day you wake up and say, well, gosh, that don't even bother me anymore. How many know God's good? Demonic intrusion into life. Exodus 34, 6, the Lord passed before him, proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness, truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. What does that say? That You know what that tells you? A lot of... Uh, Issues follow family lines. You ever seen that family and they're just stubborn as mules? All of them. Well, I come from a long background of people just stubborn. Well, you know, some people do. And then you find other families. I don't care what you do. Well, I just forgive you. Well, I just love you. And if you, you've seen that in families, huh? And then you have other traits, phobias, issues, addictions. They follow families. Have you noticed it really is true. I mean, you know, my mama, well, I've, I've counseled people for years. Well, my mama did that, and then my grandmama, yeah, then, you know, I heard my grandmama did. Well, it's following that trail. Somewhere you've got to tell it no. How many hear what I'm saying? And, you know, the Old Testament particularly, you'll read and, and you'll hear uh, the word we'll talk about familiar spirits. Well, what does that mean? Demon spirits that are familiar sometimes with cities territories, uh, uh, families, individuals, demon spirits. And I have a whole series I want to do on this. It's very real. You can drive into a city and you can sense what demonic forces are there talking to the people, messing with their thinking. Susan and I were on the way to uh, a city in Arkansas, uh, in the mountains of Arkansas. We went through some small cities to get there from Tulsa one time. I looked at Susan, I said, man, there's a stingiest devil in this city. You could feel it. It just came out. I said, oh, my God. You can feel it. The city I was raised in, they were such prejudice. You could feel it in the atmosphere. And I hated every second of it. And I'd say, I defy you. I'm going to love Jesus and love everybody. Right? Addictions, anger, hatred, violence, many other things can be exacerbated or made worse by demonic forces. You shouldn't blame the devil on anything you let into your life. You should trust God to set you free. How many hear me? Right? But the, the enemy is very, very real. We'll talk more about that perhaps later. Lastly, the fourth reason we have problems in life, failure to listen to the Holy Spirit. How many know that's a bigger deal than you realize? 
He's our helper. He's here to help us through life. Romans 8, 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus said, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. How many know the Holy Spirit wants you to make it in life? How many know he wants you to prosper? He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to have good relationships. He wants you to have a good marriage. He wants your children to be raised in a godly way. He wants you to be safe. He wants you to be protected. He wants you to be free. So how many know it behooves us to listen to his voice and listen to it clearly? And you know what? If we'll just take the time to hang out with God in prayer... I can't encourage you enough. You're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit every day. I do. Because you know what? You're opening up your spirit nature to God. And when you pray in the Spirit, you're talking to God. You're not talking to you or anybody else. And the Holy Spirit's helping you pray out the will of God for your life. And often after you're praying in the Spirit, somehow you just have thoughts that come. I don't know how many times I've heard the Lord say, I want you to not do that. I want you to change that. So here's 1984 got all these dates in my head. January 3rd, 1984 was a Tuesday. To make a long story short, I, it, we had a really, really bad, bad um, uh, ice storm, snowstorm. We had lots of, uh, about a foot of snow in Tulsa. I was living in Tulsa. And it would uh, freeze over at night, got down to zero, believe it or not. Got really cold. Half the nation was that way. And uh, anyway, January 3rd, it had been going on for a couple of weeks, and I had to get up early and go to my job at, my, at the church I um, worked for in Tulsa, and I lived a couple of, couple of miles from church. So I got out of, my, I got out of the house, uh, up the garage door, you know, backed out of the garage. And no kidding, backed out of the garage, I had a, a four-speed Mustang, five-speed. That was nice. Anyway. I put it in first, took my foot off the clutch, and I heard. And, and there were two ways to go in my housing condition. I could go this way, which took a little bit longer. I had to go pick somebody. Or I could go this way, which was shorter. And I was in a hurry. And the moment I put my car in first and took my foot off the clutch and started, I heard, don't go this way, go that way. Just, in, just a small, faint impression. It was a thought. I said, no, I'm in a hurry. I ignored it. When I ignored it, I got out on the main highway and put that Mustang in second gear, went down a hill and lost control. And my car spun. You remember, Mom? Mom prayed for me. My car spun, and I saw a light pole, and I didn't know, but later I found out a 20-foot drop-off. Yeah. Guess where my car went? The 20-foot drop-off. Just before it dropped off, I think probably because this lady over here was praying for me. You remember that? My Lord. My car stopped just before it careened down, a 20-foot drop-off with a man-made bottom. It was a creek. There were no guardrails. I don't know why, no guardrails. I opened my door, make a long story short, I fell 20 feet. Another human error. I broke my wrist. I thought I broke my left hip. I had to crawl up a ravine, crawl over a barbed wire fence, hang on to little saplings and pine trees and little tiny trees just to get up the, get up the stinking ravine, hurting, crying, hollering, God help me, God. I thought my car was going to fall on me. And I got up, somebody got me to my house. 
I went to the City of Faith at the time it was open. They fixed me up. And you know what I thought? I made a mistake. You know what else I thought? My conscience bothered me. And I said, God, I messed up, didn't I? I didn't listen to you. A lot of our problems are results of us not listening. How many hear me? Well, I'll straighten that one up. 2004, I'm on the way to India. I'm leaving RDU. I'm on a Delta jet. We're going to Atlanta, Georgia. My next uh, flight is British Airways headed to London, England. I'm halfway through the flight. I hurt so bad. I felt so, I hadn't felt that bad in my life. I said, God, I got to do something. And you know the story. And I heard the Lord say, Mitch, don't get on the next flight until you know what's wrong with you. My mother prayed me out. Thank you, Mama. You need to thank God for this lady. She prayed me out a lot of holes I've got myself in. Lord have mercy. Anyway, I heard, don't you get on the next flight. And I heard it right in here in such a foreboding tone. I knew if I missed that, it would be bad. Well, one step off the flight, I told the attendant, Delta attendant, I'm in trouble. I need help. Something's wrong with me. And they put me in a wheelchair. I lost control of my body and fainted. Took me to a hospital. My appendix had ruptured. My mother, when I got back, she said, well, I spent nine days in the hospital. I said, well, I'm back. Lost, lost 20 pounds in nine days. It's terrible. Couldn't eat. Terrible. I told my mother, well, everything's fine. And she said, well, Mitch, I pray. And she prayed for me before that ever happened. And you know what she prayed? Lord, don't let him get on the plane. Don't let she, and she'd pray in the spirit and then say, Lord, don't let him get on the plane. Didn't you say that? Something like that? Yeah. I got back. She said, she said, uh, I said, well, I'm back from the hospital. I'm okay. You know, I took my appendix out. You know, I had, an, I had a, an, an subsequent infection. They gave me antibiotics, like five different ones. Terrible. Nine days. I got back and I said, well, Mom, I'm back. Well, she said, well, I didn't tell you the other part. If you hadn't to listened to God, they would have brought you back in a body bag. That wasn't comforting for me to hear. How many hear me? So that one taught, so I learned a lesson in 1984. Better listen to God, you could get hurt. And I learned a lesson in 2004. You better listen to the Holy Spirit. It could cost you your life. How many hear me? Now, God didn't cause my appendix to burst. I don't know what did that. I'm living in a fallen world. It just happened. I hadn't even thought about it. It just happened. Did God do that? No. Did the devil want to kill me? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did God cause my car to careen down the hill? No, I made an error. I didn't listen to God. Then, then you know what? The, just the physics of the way ice and, and, and rubber work. It just you couldn't control your car. It's the way it was. So you know what, regardless of the reason the problems come, whether it's because we live in a fallen world or whether it's because the human heart is mean or we just make human mistakes or it's because, or it's because of demonic intrusion, you know what, we can trust God. How many hear what I'm saying? You can trust God with your life. So let me ask you a question. Do you blame God for problems when they come? If you do, get over that. How many hear me? Huh? Look at those questions on the bottom of the seat. Do you see God as a good God who only wants to bless you and help you? 
If you don't, see in that way. Get in the Word. Number three, are there areas of, of, of life that demonic intrusion has come? And, and you need to start resisting that in Jesus' name. You've got addictions. You've got phobias. You've got lusts. You've got anger. You've got jealousy. All that. Are you listening to the Holy Spirit when He speaks? Are you open to even hearing from Him? Do you even give Him time? And y'all, it's more important than ever that we take time with God because He only wants to help us.